We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. The weekend is right around the corner. Hope everybody's week is going well. I'm half of your Thursday crew, Jason Perone. You can follow me on X. Slash Twitter at Jason Perone. I'm also over at Game on Wisconsin, where I do the Quick Slides podcast. I had one out earlier this week on Monday because the Packers hired a defensive coordinator. Along with me, as always, a Packer report is Mark Eckel. Mark, the news cycle was good to us the last couple of weeks. And I mean, I guess at least we have something to talk about this week, too. More coaching stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, again, you, you, as, as we said before, when they hired Halfley and some other. Um, we won't know till they actually, you know, do the job. But I'm a lot more optimistic and excited about this defensive staff and this defensive coordinator than I was back when they hired Joe Barry and kept a bunch of, of Mike Penton's guys. And, um, you know, that's just me. I mean, I, I like on paper, the Packers have put together what I think is a very good defensive coaching staff. And we'll and you and we'll go over that. Yeah, we'll go through it. I mean, it's it's. I think again, and I talked about this on slants. The whole trust the process <laughs> applies right now because the Packers have, to me, in my opinion, I think you're more in my camp than now. Maybe not totally. I don't want to assume, but with Brian Gutekunst and Matt Lafleur, the benefit of the doubt has definitely increased and strengthened for me since the beginning of the 2023 season. I had a lot of questions about Matt Lafleur. Yeah. We talked about him on this very show. He won me over. He won the team over. They never stopped playing hard for him. Brian Gutekunst had two really good drafts in a row. I mean, to the point where he's setting quite a bar for himself. You know, it's it, it, these mid-round picks that everybody expects are are going to turn into studs, and let's hope that they do. The Packers currently right now have 11 total picks going into this draft. 
They, right. I, I, I don't assume they're going to pick eleven players, but heck, they might. Who knows? But, I think they, they. I didn't think that last year. Remember? Yeah, yeah they, they did. Picked, it was they crazy. Everyone. Yes, they used every. He, he traded. He traded around a little bit. You know, I think they traded for more. Remember, mm-hmm. they, they kept they traded down a couple of times in the second round to get more. And they, yeah, they added great players and and players that ended up putting in some good time for them. Carrington Valentine, a seventh round pick. Yeah, oh yeah. Playing, you know, playing in, in Anthony Johnson Jr. had to play because of injury. He ended up having to play at the end of the season. Carl Don, Brooks, in the, Carl Brooks, Dontavian Wicks, all of those guys. So it's you know the the process that the Packers have put in place. Is, is one that I think that we can trust. But here's the thing. This was the, the hiring of the staff. This was the one thing that some said, hey, Matt LaFleur, you still have some stuff to show us. You have something to prove to us. And there were names that were thrown at us about defensive coordinator and it ended up being Halfley, and none of us saw that coming. And so over the last week here, the rest of the coaching staff has been rounded out. So today... I know that uh, there was some discussion on the on the Wednesday show about the, some of the coaching changes too. Today, Mark and I will go through the defensive staff and and kind of what we expect from the defense uh, defense as a whole, the players who may flourish, who may not flourish. So let's uh, let's just start up front. So I'm I'm kind of using uh, Bill Huber's uh, article over at SI.com as a guide here. So we'll start on the defensive line. Now, here's a name everybody should already know, which is Jason Rebrovich, and he's still with the team. So. He was hired to coach outside linebackers back in 2022. And then last year, he was given the title of pass rush specialist. And his focus was on the outside linebackers. The Packers ran a 3-4 base. We've heard by now, obviously, Jeff Halfley's defense is going to look quite a bit different. It's more of a 4-3. So his now title is a defensive line coach. So he will be working with Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, uh, as far as Lucas Van Ness, but also Kenny Clark and the other defensive tackle. So, Mark, let's start here. Here's a coach that they ended up keeping. They didn't let all their coaches go. And I would have to say for as much as I think Matt LaFleur wants this defense to be different, the fact that he kept Rebrovich probably speaks volumes about him as a coach. Yes. And, you know, like you said, he was the outside linebacker slash pass rush, whatever you want to call it. Well, I mean, you know, he's done a nice job with those guys. Preston Smith has been he was a veteran when he got here, but actually his pass rush has gotten better. He's he's become a better pass rusher in Green Bay than he was in Washington. As you know, uh, he was he's had better better stats, better pass rush pr- production. Rashawn Gary has gotten better. I, I still don't think he's where he should be, but um, he, he was coming. He was coming off the ACL last year too, so I'll I'll give him last year as a. You know, I expect big things from him next year. Let's, let's just say that. Uh, Van Ness, as a rookie, saw him getting better as the year went on. I thought by the end of the year, he looked pretty comfortable doing some doing some things. So, yeah, I, I mean, no no reason not to keep Jason as, you know, and, and his his role is, a different, is different, but he's going to be coaching the same kind of thing. He, instead of, you know, his outside linebackers, he's going to be coaching the same people. Gary and Van Ness and Smith and, and Gabari and, you know, when he's healthy. So that, yeah. So, you know, good, good. I like it. I like that. I like that hire or, or that, that, that move. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, the benefit of the doubt, right? Matt LaFleur has, okay. I think you've got, you showed that you want to change this defense in a big, big way. You went with a, a hire. None of us were expecting somebody from outside the NFL. He had some uh, NFL experience. Halfley did, but now he'll get a chance to put this staff together. And when you look at, it and you listen to some of these coaches speak, you can tell already in the limited, very limited samples that we've had of, of them, and most of them are from when they were in their previous roles, the personality on the defensive room, Mark, 
is already changing. It's it's yes. it's different. It's uh, the intensity has has turned up a notch at, at the very least. Oh, and let's get to our next guy. The line. Oh no! Well, first there's an assistant defensive line coach too. Yeah, uh, because you don't, you don't you want <laughs> you want me to take the fall for if it. So it, it's I I'm gonna assume that it's Vince Ogabasi, okay. although I don't know if oh, if you pronounce the e or not. And we don't have any clarity on that, correct? Not yet. Okay. So Ogabasi is replacing Jerry Montgomery, who was was recently let go. And the in a a sense, yeah. In 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 a way. Yeah, in a in a way here. So the Packers I mean, during Matt LaFleur's time as head coach, the Packers have I know that you don't care about yards, but yards per carry, the Packers are last in NFL in in allowing uh, yards per carry on defense. So this is this is you know an, an area here. Obviously, your defensive front is where there's there's going to have to be a bit of a focus. It is a passing NFL. Let's not think that the winds have changed and all of a sudden we're going to go back to the 1970s and games that were 14-7, 14-10. You know, it's it's very much a passing league. But you also can't let teams just impose their will and do whatever it is that they want to do. Those those kind of things are are not going to help your defense. And so I think that's kind of part of of what he's here for Ogabasi is here for. So this is your interior defensive line. So you've got, once again, you got Clark, Devonte Wyatt, TJ Slayton, the big guys in the middle. And this is a coach that uh, also brings the heat as well to a lot of passion. Yeah. And he has, you know, he's been in the league. He was with, he was with uh, the 49ers when Halfley was there. And then he went to, he was at UCLA or somewhere. And, and then he, and then he joined Halfley again um, at Boston college as his D line coach. So, this is Halfley's guy. I mean, every every coordinator likes to have a guy who's his guy that he you know he he trusts them. You know he knows he, he must know that he does a good job with the, with D linemen because that's why he brought him a couple places. And it's the guy. I'm sure this guy will be his confidant and you know that's the guy that when the meetings are over, when all the coaches have to have their meeting, the meetings are over. This is the guy that'll hang out with Halfley after after the meeting to go over things, and the guy that he'll feel comfortable with. Because and and you you need that. I mean, it's you yeah. know, Halfley's the new guy in town. Yep. Um, you know, and you know he kept some other guys on, on the staff, which is good. And he brought in some other uh, new people, but but this is his guy. This is the guy that he's been with a long time. Two different stops. I, that's a good hire too. I think I'm, I'm I. I I like this. I like that move as well. I like all the moves, but I like that move as well. Just the signals a change. It signals a change in intensity, and I like that. I think this. We all want to see the defense turn up and and be a little bit more smash mouth nasty. It's just you. You want to feel like, and I, I mentioned this either on, on I you know I keep do do all these shows which I love doing, and then I'm like I know I said this, I just don't remember exactly where, but you want the defense to be able to for once slam the door shut. The offense we know can do that. We know that you give Jordan Love the ball if he's got enough time, he let's be reasonable. <laughs> a little little more than the amount of time that he had against the Niners, although, you know, bad pick on first down, but but you want the defense to be able to slam the door shut and say, "Hey, you know what? Jordan shouldn't have to come back on the field. The defense should shut this thing down and and if he does or if the offense has to come back out, it's only to kneel it out." Because the defense did their thing, they got a huge stop, they got a huge sack, they got a big turnover, they were more aggressive. They're, you know, it sounds like these receivers are not just going to be able to release off the line. I'm getting ahead of myself here because we haven't gotten to the defensive backfield. Like all of that stuff, the winds of change, it seems like are headed in a good direction. Now, uh, again, with more passion and, and more fire, we move to the linebackers here. 
And this was this is Anthony Campanile, and he was spoken about on Wednesday's show. So he's he's been profiled and, and broken down. Very, very, very fiery. And I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the Giants interviewed him for their defensive coordinator role. And uh, so he he brings in, he ends up in Green Bay to coach linebackers. And again, in a this is this is a bigger you know bigger deal here because of the change in defense with a four three and this is the guy who when you look at some of the cornerstones of this defense Mark you and I before the show were talking about Quay Walker and I think Quay Walker is a huge huge focus of all this change and and what this defense is going to be as far as what he's going to be asked to do and this is the guy who's going to help him make this transition and either turn into to a stud or whatever it is that Walker's going to turn into on this defense but this guy. Go watch the video. And this this guy does not lack passion for anything. No, no, he's he's the kind of coach I like. He, yeah, he's if you haven't seen the video, I'll just give a little little highlight. He, he starts off with a Vince Lombardi quote. I mean, okay, that's he had me there. <laughs> he had me right there. Yes. He starts with a with a Lombardi, you know, and then he just gets fired up and he's dropping, you know, curse words all over the place. And I'm watching this and I'm saying as a Jersey guy myself, I say, this guy's got to be from New Jersey, right? So after I'm done watching it, I look him up. Yeah, he's from New Jersey. I wasn't, I wasn't a little bit surprised by that. But no, I, I like, I, again, I don't know what, I, I've heard nothing but good things about him as a coach. You know, he was in Miami with the Dolphins, um, the Dolphins defense, you know, he was, he, so he worked under uh, Fangio, I guess, last year, but he's been he's been around. He's highly highly regarded, highly re- respected. The Eagles wanted him, which is kind of interesting. If you know Fangio's the defensive coordinator in in Philadelphia now, and wanted wanted you know they wanted him to go there, and he told his old boss no, and he's coming to Green Bay instead. So that's I like that too. Yeah, that's a that's a huge feather in his cap. Obviously, yeah, for, for our, our or for yeah. the pack for the cap, yeah, I guess his would be Jeff Halfley as a defensive coordinator and Matt Lafleur as well, because it, because these guys are looking at the uh, the situation and saying, hey, and I think a lot of this too has to do with not to get off track, but I think a lot of this has to do with what the offense proved too, and they're like, okay, so I can go to a defense that has all these first round picks and all these pieces here that I can work with, and this offense is going to score me next year, assuming that they take a step forward, you know, they, they should be able to put up close to 30 a game. I'm in. Let's go. We're going to Green Bay. We're going to Lambeau Field. So that's that's the draw here is is this team and then the accelerated growth that they showed is attracting some of these coaches that are going to come in here. And I also think, too, you've got a little bit of a youth movement here. Not that the Packers coaching staff was old. They, they I don't think they were. You know, they, they definitely weren't. But you've got you've got a just the shift in mentality and hey we're we're gonna install a, a a new mentality here and I I expect this this defense to to come out charged up and and hopefully they'll be they'll be rejuvenated it was obviously getting stale and and so big changes are being are being made as as far as these last couple of coaches here that are coming in from the outside so some fresh blood coming in here yeah um, this guy Campanello and he's like forty four I believe and as as you told me. About a week ago, we were we were talking, uh, not doing the podcast, but just talking among ourselves. And I said, "Man, he got some young guys." And as you pointed out, to for me and you now, they're everybody's young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of it too, I guess. Although Vic Fangio would still be old to me. Yes, Vic Fangio. Well, yeah, Vic Fangio's up there. I mean, you got Tom Clements on the on the yeah, offensive side, and we'll, not, yes, I consider him old. Okay, and we'll I talk. Guess. We'll talk a little I'm bit about. I'm allowed to call Clements. I'm allowed to call Fangio. 
I'm allowed to call them old. I can't. The rest of the guys, I I can't call them old. Young bucks, young bucks. So, yeah. So we'll and we'll talk a little bit about Clements because uh, there was there was uh, some additions on the offensive side of the ball too. But the another coach that was kept or that's that was retained is Ryan Downard, and he was he's the safeties and defensive backs coach here. He's been part of Lafleur's uh, staff since 2019. He's moved around, and he was a defensive backs coach. And in 2022, he became safeties. And then last year, he was promoted to defensive backs coach. Uh, he's going to focus on the on the safeties, which is a really important position, a really really big position group here because you've got Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, and Rudy Ford who are slated to be free agents. You have Anthony Johnson Jr., who's the only one that's under contract. The Packers have a lot of draft capital, and they're going to have a little bit of money to spend. And this is a the safeties are going to be asked to do something different than they've been doing under Joe Barry and under Mike Pettin before him as well. So this is a big, big changeover. The fact that they kept him on board or kept him on speaks volumes to the work that he's already done and the fact that they're confident that whatever changes they want to make, he can make them. But, Mark, I would have to say it seems more likely than not. And obviously money's a factor here, so we'll see. But it, it sounds like there's a chance that all three of those, Savage, Owens, and Ford, could be gone. Or or if not, then I don't think all three are going to come back even if cheap. It just seems like there's a major wind of change coming in the safety room. Hey, friends. Everyone this time of year is trying to get their year started off on the right foot, and I am certainly no different. Football season takes its toll on me, so now is the time for me to start eating healthier, getting more sleep, and getting the year started right. But eating healthy isn't always the easiest, and it's far too time-consuming to constantly run to the store or the butcher for healthy, fresh cuts of meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for me. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meats and seafood delivered directly to your door on your schedule. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts of meat, including my favorite, 100% grass-fed ribeyes. You guys have to see the marbling on these things. They are beyond delicious, and they melt in your mouth. Add a little sea salt, a little black pepper, a little garlic powder. They are to die for. I know you're all busy, and you're probably listening to this now, running errands, mowing the lawn, or driving your kids to soccer practice, and that's exactly why the ease of Good Chop is going to be so perfect for you. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74, and they pride themselves on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. They're so confident in their quality of cuts that they offer a 100% money-back guarantee. So go to goodchop.com slash packaday120 and use code packaday120 to get $120 off your first four boxes. That's code packaday120 at goodchop.com slash packaday120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash packaday120 with code packaday120. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. 
I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, I agree. I, I think you're going to, I think you're going to, I mean, in Brian Gutenkunz's uh, press conference last week, he made it clear that, you know, they'll have enough money to get what they need to get in free agency there. And again, they're not, he even said, it's not, it's not going to be, I forget how he worded it. I'm paraphrasing. It's not as, you know, as much as we have had, you know, but it's enough that it's better than it's been. He said, that's what he said. It's better than it's, than it's been. Uh, It could be better, but it's better than it's been. And so I think they're going to sign, I think they'll sign at least one, if not two free agents, like one, one guy that everybody's going to know and and will get decent money and then probably like a mid-tier kind of guy. Like if, if you look back to the year, the last time they really went hard free agency was his first year when they uh, when they signed uh, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, and Adrian Amos. Not only, I, don't, I don't expect that kind of windfall, but I do expect like one of those, like Zadarius or, or Preston, like one of those, that kind of name. And then maybe an Adrian Amos type, mm-hmm. you know, like a mid-tier guy. Yep. So, I, and one of them, I think, will definitely be a safety. I think that's their. I think that's by far their biggest need. As you said, they have, you know, they're all free agents, and they. I don't think. I mean, Savage. Maybe if they think. I agree. I think. I think of any right mark because because Savage to me is the most versatile. He's a, a former first rounder as well too. But he right. he's the most versatile. And when they started using him differently, he did make some plays. So it's not like if if the money is right that he doesn't still have value in this defense. Right, and they have to use them, like you said, properly. What this team needs, their biggest need, is not just a safety. It's a center field yes. single high safety because yes. that's the kind of defense Halfley's going to play, and they don't have one of them. None of the three guys you, you mentioned is that, and neither is Anthony Johnson Jr., who they who may not – we don't know what what he is really, but because he, he, he's a seventh-round pick who played a little bit last year and didn't – wasn't terrible, but certainly wasn't a guy that I saw and said, "Oh wow, they, they right. found him here. We got to keep." He's like, give him another year, and, and and we'll see. But no, they they need, in my opinion, they need someone 
who has done it in the end. And, and there's a there's a list of some free agent safeties that'll, that'll that will be available. And it's just a matter of who they like the best out of that group and who fits what they want to do, though. But I'm I'm very optimistic that they will sign a veteran free safety. And then, like they did the year they signed, uh, I'll go back to that year again when they signed both Smiths. They still drafted Rashawn Gary and in the first round. Yes, right. Now, I, so I think even if they sign a veteran free safety, like I think and hope they will, that doesn't mean they're not going to draft one. They'll, they'll probably draft. They might draft two safeties. Agreed. Or more. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably it'll yeah, probably sign one and draft two, and that makes up for Savage, Ford, and Owens. Oh, and Owens could be back as a if he takes the minimum and wants to come come back and be a backup safety and a special teams guy. All right. Well, maybe you know we'll see. I want him back just because I want his wife around again because she's famous. Famous she's and she's our, good, she's our Taylor Swift. Good vibes. I feel like every time we saw her, she was at the games. They did well. Right, and, and he been overdoing. he he played you know he played well beginning of the season he wasn't too good I had my issues with Jonathan Owens earlier in the season I made some very pointed comments about how he played or didn't play well and then he made some big plays I think the light bulb kind of went off or, or things really cl- clicked in in that uh, Detroit game when he returned that fumble for a touchdown but right. did you so and if, and if not because we can we can go over this on another show too we have plenty of time here Mark but are there any because we talked a little bit before the show starts any any safeties out there that you might have your eye on as far as Packers and targets? Well, since you brought it up, there's a few. The one I like the most, and this is, again, my opinion, is uh, Xavier McKinney yeah. from the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, great. Now, he's played both. He can play up or he can play box or he can play back. I think he's better bo- uh, back. Uh, Alabama guy. So, I, of course, I like that about him. Yeah, I believe he was a high second-round pick of the Giants in um, – no, 2020, I guess, right? 20. He's only 25 years old, so he's young. I mean, that's there's kids coming out of college that are 24, right? So he has four years' experience. Um, I'm guessing he doesn't go back to the Giants unless, I mean, I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he loves it there. But, I, I mean, it's a team that's probably going the wrong way. They have some other issues. They they have a new coordinator now as well, so maybe I mean, he, he might not – they might change their style. I, I, he's a guy that's – probably not going to go back to where he is. So he'll be available to any team that needs needs a safety. <laughs> Good size, six foot two oh five. Yeah, that that's my number one guy. There's now there's a couple other. There's um Kyle Duggar from New England. He but he again he's probably more of a box guy. Um yeah no he's certainly a box guy. I wouldn't mind him, but not for not for what we're talking about is the 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 single high guy. He's more of a he's more of a like a what do they call them? The hybrid linebacker safety, mm-hmm. which I don't know if they're going to use that, but he and he they could. I mean that that wouldn't be a bad thing there. Another guy now, this guy was more of a nickel, but he could play safety. Is Geno Stone from Baltimore? Five eleven two ten, but not quite as big as uh, bigger, heavier than, than McKinney, but not not as tall. But you know, um, he had a breakout year with Baltimore last year. Uh, and I, I, I thought if, if the Packers would have hired one of those Baltimore guys that they were talking about, um, uh, Wilson or Orr, that that might have been attractive. But since Wilson got the Tennessee job and Orr stayed in Baltimore, Stone may either stay in Baltimore or, or, or go to Tennessee now, maybe. Uh, and then one other guy that I, I, I kind of like him is that um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson with, <laughs> with the Lions. He had a great year in Philly. Two, two years ago. He had like seven interceptions, uh, helped that team get to the Super Bowl. Um, 
they made I think the Eagles made a mistake in letting him go because they that team just doesn't put a lot of emphasis on the safety spot. They don't, you know, they'll they'll try to get bargains there. And they got him as a bargain. They traded for him with New Orleans. And he had a great year, and everybody just assumed they were going to, you know, re- re-sign him, and and they they let him go. Went to Detroit. Now he got hurt early in the year and missed most of the year. I think he's. I mean, it wasn't, you know, a career-ending injury by any means. So he should be healthy this year, and that injury may have might keep his price tag down a little bit. The Lions, they they may want to keep him, but since they did okay without him, maybe they say they they let him go. I mean, um, they have a young safety in Brian Branch who they drafted last year. But he's a guy that he could play that center field role, um, and he's only 26. Sure. So he's young also. Um, so, yeah, I would say McKinney's my number one, and Gardner Johnson's probably my, my number two of that. Now, there's another guy that I don't know as much about, but he had a pretty good year last year, is Jordan Fuller with the Rams. So, yeah, there's safeties out there. And then, hey, keep in mind, uh, Gutenkunst also said with all the picks they have, they – they have picks if they want to trade for a veteran. So there might be some guys that aren't free agents, but safeties that might be available that they could trade a, a mid-round pick for, or, you know, depending on who it is and how good he is. Mm-hmm. Maybe even trade a third-round pick or something. Who knows? Well, and there's another one, too, that's going to be a popular name that, that you'll hear Packers fans talk about and thrown out there, and Andy Herman talked about him on a – a show earlier this week, and that's Antoine Winfield Jr., who's oh, slated to be a safety with the Buccaneers. But he just he seems like one that either the Bucks have to bring back, although if you're going to let him get to free agency, then clearly maybe they don't want to bring him back. But you could do a lot worse than that. He's He's been very impactful. Oh, he's, he's, been, he's been a fantastic. And now the, the, the big thing here is, and we talked a little bit about this before the, the show starts too, is that Winfield is one. He's a Super Bowl winning, you know, player. And so he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that won in 2020. He's, he's going to come with a hefty price tag as well. well I think, I think if the Bucks can't get a deal done with him, they might put the tag on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, yeah, they're not letting him. Todd Bowles, as a defensive back guy, played defensive back, coached defensive backs. Now he's a was a coordinator. He's not letting Antoine Winfield walk away for nothing. They're gonna if they can't get a deal done, they'll they'll put the franchise tag on him, and either make him play for you know for a year at, at the tag or make another team give up a whole lot to get him. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it would take a lot too. But listen, with the winds of change and with the with the changes that this defensive staff is making, who knows? I mean. You know, you don't know with Goody until you know. No, you're right. <laughs> it's it's I not just, that's the name. Listen, I would love that name, and I, you know, I'm sure Andy, you know, would love him too. That's why you brought him up. But I, I was trying to be more realistic and saying like a guy <laughs> like what? No, I'm just saying like well, a the guy ones... like, like McKinney. Yeah, the Giants. The Giants aren't going to tag him because they got they got their own problems with Barkley and other guys that they have to take care of. Um, I think, and I think he'd want out of there. I'm trying to add up, trying to look at who might want to leave where they are yeah i don't well, i think winfield likes it in tampa too i mean it's a like tampa's a nice place that the team's made the playoffs the last couple of years mm-hmm. but like you said well, he's, he's won a super bowl there i'm sure he's well liked yeah i don't i don't I, I don't see him i see him as a as a as a, a, a it'd be what a bonus if they could somehow do that but i uh, i'm just trying to be more even keel on this one to not get everybody's hopes up that they can get a guy like Antoine Winfield Jr. Right. Well, and the the guys you mentioned too would be good as well. It's all about role, you know, role player coming in and, and do they fit in? And the other thing is, is the player has to want to want to go where they're going. 
right. will want to play where they're playing. You just never know. Not, not that I don't, I mean, we're biased. We think Green Bay is a great place to go play football. Not everybody would necessarily agree. Although I would point to some of the very poignant free agencies that free agents that have come to Green Bay and it turned out to be the best decision they could have ever made. And I'm talking obviously mostly about Reggie White and Charles Woodson, both of which who were big names came to Green Bay, won Super Bowls with the Packers. So rounding out the coaching the, the coaching staff here so the, the most recent hire here was Derek Ansley who uh, Rob Domofsky reported was hired as cornerbacks coach now he was the defensive coordinator in Los Angeles with the Chargers under Brandon Staley but he did not call plays right. uh, Staley did so he was not calling he was a non so he's like a kind of like what Adam Stenovich he's an offensive coordinator but he doesn't call plays and he's uh, was in that role um for he was a defensive backs coach prior to that so he was the defensive coordinator this past season so he comes as the cornerbacks coach for the Packers and this could be another position that the Packers look to fortify solidify here you've got obviously Jair Alexander we'll see what Eric Stokes is going to be when he's back from his injury and he's healed and recovered and then you've got Keyshawn Nixon in the nickel you know he's we you know there's there's good things about Keyshawn Nixon as a player but as a nickel or as a corner, I think the Packers can certainly upgrade and get better there. Carrington Valentine played some meaningful snaps, but I don't know if he's going to ascend into being this great player. here. So that could be another area where he's working with some young pieces and looking to ingrain them into the defense. So Ansley is your quarterback's coach. Yes, and I like that. I like that move, too. He's also another guy that's highly regarded. You know, you know what's interesting? All these guys that, we, that we've talked about, including Halfley, um, they all coached both at the college level and the NFL. Ansley was at Alabama and uh, Kentucky before going to the Chargers. As we said, Halfley was head coach at Boston College, as we know, and was with the 49ers. The the guy, um, the assistant defensive line coach, we said, was with Halfley at, you know, at BC. Who, who, who am I forgetting? Oh, the linebacker coach. But my, he, he, was in the, he's, he was on the college level. He, he started off at Rutgers, mm-hmm. where, where he played, before becoming, you know. So they all have a lot. It's a, it's a, like you said, it's a young staff in a lot of ways, you know, but experienced. They have a lot of coaching experience. I, I, I like it. I, I, I think it's, um, I think they put together a real nice defensive staff. Now, again, that's on paper. Let's see what they do when they get the guys and do they come across. I mean, I've heard, you know, players who have played for all these guys have, have been quoted since these guys have been hired, and every, every quote has been very positive about each mm-hmm. of the coaches. So yep. that's oh, that's always a good thing to hear, too. Yeah, obviously you want that player testimonial that they like playing for the coach and that they're they're willing to, you know, I don't know if they would all say they'd run through a wall for that guy, but you love that. You love that mentality. You want guys to be in, in, engaged in what the team is doing, buy into the team culture. And I think this team had built a strong culture at the end of last year. There's no reason to think that it can't carry over and be very optimistic. And, and some of these changes could end up being for the very, very much better meant of this team i i would certainly hope so so there are some quality control positions that haven't been filled that's a tba those are guys that are helping out keeping stats and things like that so we'll have some of that some more of that to to come on that front at a later time whenever the packers make those changes but mark before we were time i'm glad you mentioned it too because um it had been a couple of days here on the offensive side of the sean Mannion was brought in as a quarterbacks coach so he will be an understudy to tom clements tom clements is still on staff 
But as we were talking about coaches who are getting up there in years too, Clements is, um, I think he's 70 or 71. And so he's obviously not going to coach for a ton longer. And I think it was smart for the Packers to bring Mannion in. Now we remember Sean Mannion most recently. He did a, he had a stint as a backup quarterback for the Vikings. In fact, he was in that, uh, that game uh, two years ago when the, I think it was two or three years ago that the Packers played where uh, they, they played very well and, took it to the Vikings and, and beat them. Mannion was in for, I think it was an injured Kirk Cousins at that time. And now he's coaching in the NFL and he's going to be on the Packers sideline, learning the ropes as a QB's coach. Yeah. I love this move in a sense that like, I, like, like we were joking uh, prior to the show to how, you know, the Packers are known for a team that drafts and develops, right? You know, they, they, they drafted Jordan Love when they had Aaron Rodgers and they drafted Aaron Rodgers when they had Brett Favre and they drafted Rashawn Gary, even though they had, both Smiths and they, they, you know, they, they like preparing. Just like we said earlier about drafting a safety, whatever. Well, they, they hired a quarterback coach. Now they're going to call me assistant quarterback coach this year, but they hired a, a guy to a quarterback when they have one of the best quarterback coaches in the league and Tom Clements. But like you said, he's 71. You can't imagine Tom's going to do this a whole lot longer. There was, I mean, people were worried that he might retire when Rogers left. But he did. He wanted to come back and coach Jordan Love, and he did a great job with Jordan Love last year. Obviously, so you know he'll. he'll he, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying he, this is his last year. I mean, he might he might go another two years or three years, you know. But eventually, he's going to say, "Hey, I had enough." And then you have the guy. Hopefully, they'll get a look at Mannion. They'll get to know Mannion if he's what they think he is, and he's learning from one of the best. Boom! They don't they don't have to go look for a quarterback coach. They just move him right right into the spot. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I like it too. And again, this is another thing where it's, it's, they've, they obviously got somebody that they, that they like smart guy when you, when you know, and it, it's always, there some really good backup quarterbacks, some really good smart backup quarterbacks, like Scott Tolzien. I can't remember where, where he came from Wisconsin, but you know, those, those guys do tend to be pretty intelligent. They're helping do some prep and and they get some really good reps in there. And that's why the the backup quarterbacks and Matt Flynn was like this, too. And the backup quarterbacks that do the best in the NFL are the ones that have the most going on between their ears. They're smart and they're able to to help prepare the starting quarterback and understand the offense and get in there. And that's why when they get in there, they're they're not deer in the headlights. They've got you know more more going on there. And that was Sean Mannion and some of the pedigree that uh, that he comes from and then uh, there was one other on the offensive side there was one other staff change yes uh, miles white wide receiver i think he was with the packers for like a minute or two yeah 2013 uh, yeah um again he was you know he has i don't, I don't believe he has any nfl experience uh, could i i could be wrong there but he's been coaching in, at the college level and is again people speak highly of him they're bringing we're bringing him in to be the assistant wide receivers coach and again, I think that's a look look ahead at Jason Vrabel, who I thought did an outstanding job this past year as a wide receivers coach because you saw those young receivers grow as the year went on. Beginning of the year, that group did not look really good. I mean, they were they you know you saw some potential, but they were making they were leading the league in drops early in the season. Uh, you saw so many times when they were running the wrong routes or running into each other, being in the wrong spot, uh, two guys in the same area. That didn't look good. Well, as the year went on, you saw them get better and better and better to where by the end of the year and in the playoffs, those guys look pretty darn good. And you see a guy like Bo, Bo Melton 
uh, who wasn't even playing, and all of a sudden now he's making he's he's, he's catching touchdown passes, and uh, you know rookies like Wicks and and Reed having good years. Well, some of that has some of that credit. I get the players deserve the credit, obviously too, for for getting better and working on things. But their position coach deserves a lot of credit there. So I think if if this, if this young group of wide receivers, you know Dobbs, Watson, and Wicks, Melton, Reed, Heath, you know if they have another good year in in 2024 and and put up even bigger numbers and and look even better and better teams are going to be coming around jason rabel for to be an offense coordinator right i mean that's just natural Mm -hmm. you know that that there'll be five or six or more jobs open next year um somebody's going to you know they're going to at least interview them so again the packers i think are protecting themselves there that you know should rabel get a or yeah should rabel get a, a coordinator job somewhere they have a guy ready to take his place. Right. Again, look, they'll have a chance to look at him and work with him. And if he's not the guy, then okay, you 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 move on and you and you go out and get somebody else. But they, they'll have him on staff. He'll he'll know the players. The players will know him. He'll he'll know the system. He'll learn from a very good coach in Vrabel. And there you go. You're 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 ready to, you know, move him in if if something were to happen. It's almost again, like four it's. I was to say it's almost like the Packers expect to win a huge, huge game next year that's going to have everybody coming to poach their coaching staff. This could turn out to be a really, really good thing, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I don't, want to lose, I don't want to lose too many coaches, but yeah. I'll, I'll trade that for, for winning that big game you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just kind of the way it goes, right? When teams start making Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls, their coaches get, get looks and interviews, and everybody wants the hot names up and coming. We saw a bunch of that happen in the, in the hiring cycle. Mike McDonald got a head coaching gig in Seattle after he did so well in, uh, in Baltimore and, and all that other kind of stuff there, too. So... As far as the the coaching staff goes, um, that's the you know that'll round out the changes there. Now, as far as we did talk about some of the players too, and and how this might impact any of them, is are there are there any that we didn't touch on? I think we covered most of them on the defensive yeah, we, side of the ball. Are there any others that we want to talk about? Uh, no, I think we're. I mean, like we said, I I, I think I, I you know me personally, I'm thrilled because I've always been a four three. Defensive guy, I, I've always liked the four three better than a three four, mainly because that's like that's the defenses I covered more. Uh, I did Eagles did go three four for a little bit, but I just like a four three. I always have. I think the better defenses, and I, I mean, you could. I'm not saying all three three fours are bad, but I rather I just rather like I just rather be four three press man single high safety. And that's what that's what they're going to do. Right. Um, it seems like that's what they're going to do. And again, they'll be multi, they'll be they'll be flexible. They'll. You'll see, I mean, and, and, and in this NFL, you kind of have to be. This isn't 1987 anymore, you know, where you just, you know, Pittsburgh plays a 3-4 and they blitz, and, and this team plays a 4-3 and they do that. you you got to be adaptable and flexible to do different things and show different looks, and or if not, you're you're going to get killed. So, but if you're, but I still like that base. I like the base. So, yeah, I, I like. I think Gary and Van Ness and Smith will be fine outside. I like what they have inside. I think they're going to need to add a linebacker, and they'll probably draft one in the first three, three round. Walker, Quay Walker, I think will be very good in a four three. I think it'll free him up to do a lot of things. They go like I think yeah, I think they're going to need another outside linebacker if they go you know unless unless this Brenton Cox turns out to be a player. We don't know. He, he didn't really he was good in college. He got suspended and all that, and then really kind of had a redshirt year last year, but. 
I'm sure. I'm sure he'll get long, long looks in the in the defense. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll get a chance. I mean, that and and they'll add more talent too. So they'll have a chance to ingrain some of these newer players. Try to bring some free agents in, infuse some more life into this defense. Again, that benefit of the doubt coming back into it too. And I'm excited. I think this this you know the if this defense can do similar things to what the offense did in, the, in terms of the growth and how quickly they were able to put it all together. This is going to become a very dangerous team very quickly. I mean, again, we were I think we were hopeful that we could be talking about a playoff team. The Packers making the playoffs finally in 2024. Well, they went in 2023 and they actually should have been in a conference championship game. So there's there's a lot more to be excited about, I think. And and we will see what this coaching staff turns out to be when we get more tape on them, more reports on how they are, how the players are reacting to them. And then obviously, once they take the field in week one, how things look there as well. So with all of these coaching changes and everything else that's going on here. What is uh, currently up at Packer Report right now and what's coming up? Well, I just started a series um, that that I'll run for most of this month, breaking down the the Packers position by position uh, with the help and through the eyes of a a longtime NFL pro scout. I, I, I get his comments on, you know, the different, you know, Jordan Love and, Aaron Jones and so on and so on. So up up now is on the quarterbacks, and you know what the what the what he thought, what his impressions of of how Love played and all that. And then coming up, well, depending on what time you're listening to us on the on Thursday, uh, it may be up or maybe up soon is um, a story on on the running backs. And then I'll have position going forward. You know, it'll, I'll have every position. Okay, great. And if there's any news that comes up between now and the end of the weekend, I will throw up a Quick Slants podcast over at Game Out in Wisconsin. But otherwise, this has been the Thursday edition. Hope everybody's week winds down well. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll be back at it again next week. Stay tuned to Pack a Day Podcast for all the great daily content and shows. We're getting into draft season. Draft profiles are coming, and we'll be doing some more of that coverage ourselves here as well. Thanks, everybody, for riding along with us. Take care of yourself, as always, and go Pack Go! 